Moffaday, and welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, in studio here at the worldwide headquarters of KHMG Harvest Family Radio, broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries here in Barragata, Guam. Friday, February 3rd, 3.05 p.m. Winds gusting at 15 miles per hour from the north, northeast. Only 81 degrees outside. So, nice cool afternoon. Relatively cool for Guam. Super warm if you're listening from the States, by the way. Beautiful as always. Glad you're with us today. Episode 202. Been doing this for almost four years, believe it or not. It's uh, hard to believe since we didn't really think we'd make it past four episodes. Four years is uh, pretty amazing. It took a year to talk us into it. And uh, we're glad that you listen. We hear from people all the time. We get some anecdotal feedback, you know, people that say, hey, I caught this part of the show or that part of the show, or I really like what you do with this part or that part. Great. Thank you very much. We, we love to hear from you. You can always get on our Facebook page, leave us a note, let us know you're listening. Just give us a little thumbs up there, leave a comment. Harvest Family Radio is on Facebook. You can also go to our website, khmg.org. You can contact us through that with email. And on that website, there are a number of ways that you can listen online. Tune in is a website and an app that you can listen uh, with any connection to the internet. And that is one very good way to listen. You can listen to it live streamed, this show or anything we do here on the radio. Or you can listen to an archive broadcast. All of our archives are on there as well. I don't even need to explain it. It's so intuitive. Just go to khmg.org and it all makes sense. Just point and click. Super simple. Maybe you're listening on the radio dial in your car right now. You just left car line. You have the kids in the car. You're on your way home. Drive safe. Have a great weekend. Maybe you're still at work and you're listening to uh, one of our online streams. Glad you're with us. Hopefully we make your afternoon a little bit easier to manage. Driving around, running errands, or you're listening to the podcast sometime in the future, half a day to you. You can also listen to the show in its entirety during our rebroadcast, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. So catch us on the rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday nights, 7 to 9. We do that on purpose because we know that most people cannot listen wall to wall. Matter of fact, most people are kind of apologetic about it. They'll be like, oh, Jared, I caught part of the show, but I never can listen to the whole thing. That's okay. We get that. Hey, it's, it's, I'm hardly here for the whole thing, and I'm the host. It's really hard to get two hours of radio listening in. But if you miss part of the show, you can always tune in Saturdays or Sundays, Saturday noon to 2, Sunday night 7 to 9, or listen to an archive podcast version of the show. And uh, on our website, also khmg.org, we have all of the great programs that we produce here at Harvest Family Radio. Uh, there are about three or four different preaching programs, plus the archive broadcasts of this show, plus uh, just a number of things that you would really enjoy. So I'd encourage you to go to khmg.org. It is February. The calendar, we all turned a page in our calendar, at least proverbially. We don't necessarily all keep calendars that have pages anymore. My calendar is on my phone and on my computer, so there's no page to turn necessarily. But I scrolled down to another calendar page, 
It is February, February 3rd, as a matter of fact, if you're listening to the live broadcast on Friday. And February, there are a number of interesting observances in the month of February, one of which we're going to talk about in length in just a little while. February, the month of February, is Adopt a Rescued Rabbit Month. Let me let me just get off the, the path here for a second. A little raffle, uh, rabbit lingo there. I caught a rabbit here at Harvest Christian Academy about two weeks ago. I found a beautiful brown bunny rabbit, medium size. It wasn't huge, like one of those big, fat, African, floppy-eared bunnies. But he wasn't tiny, like little, like little bunny, Peter Rabbit bunny. It's medium size, probably not a full adult rabbit, brown. Actually looked like the wild rabbits that we have back where I'm from in the Midwestern United States. And he was sitting there eating some grass in front of the church building, right in front of the nursery entrance there. And I was looking at my phone and walking past uh, two weeks ago in the morning. It's about 7.30 in the morning. And I look up from my phone. And I'm like, is that a rabbit? At first I was thinking, is that a rat? But then I my eyes focused in and I was like, whew, not a rat. Hey, wait a minute. What is that? That's a rabbit. Well, we don't have indigenous rabbits on Guam that I'm aware of. I have seen a few and I assume they've escaped in different places. But uh, this one, you know, it, it was just puzzling. So first I took its picture, of course, because that's what we all do when something like that happens. And then I went inside and I got my trash can out of my office and I kind of coaxed the rabbit into the trash can by getting it in the corner and then just it walked right in. But then, you know, rabbits can jump. They can jump vertically a number of feet. And it's a small trash can and I didn't have a lid for it. So what I had to do is I had to keep swinging the trash can back and forth like a pendulum to keep the centrifugal force on the rabbit enough to where the rabbit was too disoriented to jump out. And I felt bad. The rabbit's probably seasick after that. But it kept the rabbit in the trash can, and then I walked it down to maintenance and gave it to Abby Thompson, who used to work here in the radio station. And now, of course, I am her favorite person. If I wasn't already in the top three, I'm up there now because I gave her a rabbit. She actually only got to keep the rabbit for the day because we finally found the neighbors, had lost a few, and then uh, we helped return uh, the little rabbit to its rightful home. So anyway, all that to say, February is Adopt a Rescued Rabbit Month. It's also Low Vision Awareness Month, American Heart, Bake for the Family, Barley, Beat the Heat, Dog Training Education Month. It's the Cricket World Cup on the 13th of February through the 29th. Uh, the 13th through the 29th of February is the Cricket World Cup. That's actually just one match. It just lasts, I'm just kidding, but uh, it feels like it when you watch cricket. We have a few cricket fans that listen, but um, I've never made it through a full cricket match. Matter of fact, uh, even the highlights are long on ESPN5 or whatever channel it is. Uh, the highlights are even like a couple hours long, and that's just the, the summary of the matches. Anyway, it's the World Cup for cricket coming up uh, on the 13th of February. February is fabulous Florida Strawberry Month. From Africa to Virginia Month. Grapefruit Month. International Boost Self-Esteem Month. Expect Success Month. Sounds very similar. And International Hoof Care Month. Hoof Care. So I, I assume you have to have a horse or a something that has hooves. Maybe a, a minotaur or a goat. I'm not sure. Anyway. This week, 
is U.S. Snow Sculpting Week. We don't really celebrate that here on Guam. African Heritage and Health Week. Women's Heart Week. Publicity for Profit Week. Burn Awareness Week. Uh, this upcoming week's Children, Authors, and Illustrations Week. Dump Your Significant Jerk Week. I, that's, that's a tough one. Freelance Writers Appreciation Week. International Coaching Week. And Just Say No to PowerPoint Week. Very interesting. I'm getting ready to go to a conference next week, and I was just getting ready to work on my PowerPoint. That might give me an easy out for not having to do my PowerPoint. The 1st of February was Candy Making Day, Car Insurance, Change Your Password, Cordova Ice Worm, Decorating with Candy, G.I. Joe, Freedom, National Signing, Robinson Crusoe, Serpent, Spunk, uh, National Girls and Women's in Sports Day. Those were all on the 1st of February. Yesterday was Ayn Rand. You you know who Ayn Rand was. She was the author who uh, did not believe in, I, I know this because I watched the documentary, altruism. She believed that self-sacrifice is a direct violation of the humanistic principle of loving yourself, I believe. And she wrote the books Atlas Shrugged, and she also wrote, I believe, Fountainhead. Anyway, Ayn Rand Day was yesterday. Candle Mass, Crepe Day, Groundhog Day, which we'll talk about here in a second. Hedgehog Day, kind of riding in his cousin's shadow, I think. It's also Marmot Day, which I believe would be like another country's version of Groundhogs. Sled Dog Day, not to be outdone. World Play Your Ukulele Day and World Wetlands Day or wetlands, as we say in Missouri. Today is Bubblegum Day, Give Kids a Smile Day, Four Chaplains Memorial Day, I'll have to look into that a little bit, National Women's Physician Day, The Day the Music Died, and Wear Red Day. Those and many other things are happening this month, and uh, we cover those a little bit. Every single week we talk about what's happening in the month that we are currently in, and we're in the month of February. You ever wonder where the months get their names? I mean, some of them are kind of obvious, Some of them are not. And uh, it occurred to me today, I have no idea where the month of February got its name. Do you know? Do you? Well, let me go through this list here. How did each month of the year get its name? Well, March, let's talk about next month. March, the ancient Romans insisted that all wars cease during the time of celebration between the old and new year. Since March was the first month of the new year in ancient Rome, some historians believe the Romans named March after Mars, the Roman god of war. Hmm. This is all according to Wonderopolis, where the wonders of learning never cease. It's a website. April. Three theories exist regarding April's name. Some say it got its name from the Latin word meaning second, since April was the second month of the ancient calendar. Others claim it comes from April. A Latin which word which means to open because it represents the opening of buds and flowers in spring. Some believe April was named after Aphrodite, the Greek mythological goddess. Okay, May, named after Mai, the goddess of growing plants. June. Apparently June was named uh, June has always been a popular month for weddings. Rome is named June after Juno, the queen of the gods and patroness of marriage and weddings. July, named after Julius Caesar in 44 BC. Previously, July was called Quintilius, which is Latin for fifth. 
August was named after Augustus Caesar in 8 BC. Previously, August was called Sextilia, which is the Latin for sixth. And uh, though we think of September, October, November, December as months 9, 10, 11, and 12, they're actually months 7, 8, 9, and 10. So September comes from Latin for seven, sept. October, like octo, comes from the Latin for eight. November comes from novem, which means nine in Latin. And December, its name comes from the Latin word decem, which is 10. So now on to February, and then last month's January, February, around 690 B.C., Numa Pompilius turned a period of celebration at the end of the year into a month of its own, named after the festival Februa. Februa. And this is how February got its name. So, Februa. I, w- I did not know that. I'm sure they taught us that in school, but I might have been sleeping that day. And then January. The reason it comes after in this list is because it was actually... Named later, later Pompilius added another month to the beginning of the year and named it January after Janus, the god of beginnings and endings. Janus, I believe, is the two-faced mythological god. Anyway, in 1582, Pope Gregory adjusted the calendar so most Western nations began celebrating the start of the year on January 1st. This new calendar became known as the Gregorian calendar, Pope Gregory, see... However, England and the American colonies continued to celebrate the new year on the date of the spring equinox in March. It was not until 1752 that the British and their colonies finally adopted the Gregorian calendar. And now you know exactly how February got its name. And with that, we're going to take a short break. It's 3.18 p.m. on Friday, February 3rd, episode 202 of Live Till 5 here on KHMG Harvest Family Radio. So glad... You're with us today. We're going to have a great show. Stranger Than Fiction, This Day in History, Buck Stops Here, Idioms, and the topic of the day. So you stick around. A little more Live Till 5 coming up after this short break. With a little more live till 5. It's 3.27 p.m. on Friday, February 3rd. Half a day to you. Broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries here at the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio. KHMG 88.1 FM. A worldwide broadcasting network. Apparently even broadcasting across Skype to super fans all around the world. As well as on our website, khmg.org. Matter of fact... It's free to listen on our website. Just saying. And we are glad you're with us today. I want to let our <laughs> listeners know that we are at a new segment today. It'll be on in just a few minutes. It's called uh, Sharing from the, <laughs> Take Two. Sharing Something from Sebastian with Less Than 40 Minutes to Prepare. So that's going to be our new segment here in a few minutes. Sharing Something from Sebastian with Less Than 40 Minutes to Prepare. But first... I want to talk about some of the things that have happened. Now, we are going to have this day in history 
the February 3rd This Day in History installment in just a few minutes with Lawrence Nagas once he gets up here from his parent meeting. His day job is that he is a principal at Harvest Christian Academy. But some things that happened this week. Uh, Groundhog Day. The woodchuck is one of the earliest animals. This is submitted, by the way, by our good friend, Bob the Librarian, who also gives us all of our February observances list. This is from the Fact Site Throwback Thursday, but this is Groundhog Day was yesterday. The woodchuck is one of the earliest animals to go into winter quarters and one of the first to emerge for spring. I don't know how many people here on Guam have ever seen a woodchuck in real life. They're pretty lethargic, lazy, huge, fat ground squirrels. But basically, um, this is why popular legends emerge that on this day, the groundhog sees his shadow and will return to his burrow for six more weeks of winter. We're going to talk about Groundhog Day in a few minutes. Also, did you know that uh, yesterday, but all the way back in 1925, so February 2nd, 1925, sled dog Balto led musher Gunnar Kassin and his team into Nome, Alaska. The team traveled through blinding snow and fierce wind to get the much-needed anti-diphtheria serum to the town. Balto and his team have gone down in history as heroes. Balto's body is on display in the Cleveland Museum of Natural History, and Gunnar Kassin's body is not on display anywhere. Are, are you saying Balto? Balto. Is that... Is that is have that, you ever seen the cartoon? I have. Yeah, it, it's, that's the true story. It's, it's Balto. Balto is what we say in Missouri. <laughs> Balto. We also say man, cement. That's my childhood you know, Balto. character. That's Bal- my childhood dog, yeah. bro. Balto? You call it Balto? <laughs> it's Balto. Balto. Okay. Well, let's get the Alaskan over here and ask Oh, him. boy. Here we go. We, we have Chris Harper, who spent a few years in Alaska. Do you call okay. him Balto, it, or him Balto, or Balto? Oh, well, it's Balto, but for, first of all, I used to live <laughs> in the village that Balto ran from, which what? is Ninana. Oh, yes. Ninana, Ninana Alaska, 60 God. miles to the southwest yes. of Fairbanks. Deborah and I both lived there for three or four years. And um, so I'm, I'm very familiar with Balto. The thing that irritates me is that when they invented this race, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal my biases mm-hmm. here of sled mm-hmm. dog races. Mm-hmm. But the Iditarod is the more famous of the two great 1,000-mile sled dog races. Yes. But it, it purports to be running the uh, old historic Balto route. Right. But it's, of course, not. Right. They took it down to Anchorage to get all the crazy fans involved. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's down... The thing, the thing that's nice about Anchorage is that it's so close to Alaska. Right, that's what we used to say about it. To, <laughs> so close to, to Alaska. Yeah, we, yeah. we used, you know, in order to put mm-hmm, down mm-hmm, uh, Anchorage. Mm-hmm. But so they run the race from Anchorage, but Balto actually started in Ninana and ran to Nome, which is a much tougher route and a lot colder as well. So anyway, it's so I have whenever Balto is mentioned, I've always got all these. Things that I, you know, the record is rarely corrected. On you know, these you're you're more worked up than um, Chris Wolseley was when I put down cricket uh, <laughs> a couple years ago. Okay. So, and I think it's well, unfortunate that you lived in Ninana all that time, and you still call him Balto instead of Balto, which is his actual <laughs> native, oh, okay, uh, no, bro, uh, Ute no. Indian name. Is okay. It could be Balto. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> Also, did you guys know that in 1990, this week in 1990, South African President de Klerk, am I saying that right? De Klerk. De Klerk, okay. De Klerk lifted the ban on African National, on the African National Congress, Congress, the ANC. 
The band played a part in sending Nelson Mandela to prison for 27 years. Mandela and de Klerk negotiated terms to transform the South African system of apartheid into a fully representative democracy and also negotiated the terms of Mandela's release from prison. Nine days after the ban was lifted, Mandela walked out of prison a free man. Yes, pretty cool. Um, Now, I do want to play one of my favorite segments of the show before we get to the new epic segment called something from something interesting from sebastian not just something from sebastian because then it could bring something boring or something (laughs) you know uh you know mildly offensive but instead it's gonna be something interesting from sebastian with less than 40 minutes to prepare still mildly offensive yeah okay i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be here in just a moment but before we get to that segment of course i love this this segment of the show It's called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a famous American, including but not limited to scholars, theologians, preachers, teachers, mothers and fathers, politicians, sages, authors, barons of industry, including this baron. He was the president of Procter & Gamble, who basically owned almost everything. Uh, who became Secretary of Defense from 1957 to 1959 under President Eisenhower. Neil McElroy. McElroy grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, after receiving a bachelor's degree in economics from Harvard, Harvard. In 1925, he returned to Cincinnati to work in the advertising department of Procter & Gamble. He advanced rapidly up the managerial ladder and became company president in 1948. Although a well-known businessman, McElroy's only experience in federal government prior to 1957 is he had been chairman of the White House Conference on Education 1955 and 56. Given his background in industry and given President Eisenhower's predominance in defense matters, McElroy's appointment was not unusual. Sounds like a lot of contemporary appointments by our new president. Anyway, the plaque he had on his desk, this was not a quote from him, but is a quote that motivated him. The quote said on the little plaque, state your case before you explain it. State your case before you explain it. That's Neil McElroy. And that is The Buck Stops Here. I love seeing what uh, little phrases, little little earworms uh, were important to people who were leaders in history. Doesn't mean I agree with every one of them. But they are interesting. Now, moving on to our idiom section of the show, which has been around for a long time. Uh, We've been doing that for, oh, way back when Nick Brown was here 20 years ago or something. But we have this book that was given to us. We're on page 142. We've been doing a lot of idioms. Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban, or Turban, if you call him Balto, or Turban, (laughs) if you call him Balto. More than 700 sayings and expressions from Scholastic Monkey Business. Over 1 million copies sold when this one was printed. Thank you, PC, for providing this. This has helped us out a lot. And uh, this week, I saw the Dilbert cartoon. Let's see here. It was actually Sunday, January 22nd, so it was two weeks ago. The Bad Analogy Guy. I don't know if you got to see this. Basically, every time Dilbert says something, the Bad Analogy Guy sitting next to him... uh, uh, uses a bad analogy like so it says the bad analogy guy and Dilbert says 
And that's why I want to rewrite that part of the software. They're in like a little board meeting or planning meeting. The bad analogy guy with a goatee and a little bit of a flat top next to him says, that's like closing the barn door after the horse gets out. And Dilbert says, no, it isn't anything like that. I just think the current software could be better. And then the bad analogy guy says, so it's like throwing away the baby with the bathwater. And Dilbert screams, no, it's not like that even a little. And then uh, the bad analogy guy says, you, you sound exactly like Hitler, and that can't be a coincidence. And then Dilbert says, nothing you say makes sense. And then the bad analogy guy said, that's like saying the earth is flat. Basically, he answers everything with a bad analogy. You ever been around someone that uses either the wrong metaphor or a bad analogy? Well, here you go. Let me, let me load you up with some good idioms, which will uh, help you with your mastery of the English language. Like, here's a whole long list of animal idioms. <clears throat> as the crow fry, as the crow fries, <laughs> as the crow flies, bats in your belfry, beat a dead horse, bee in your bonnet, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, birds of a feather flock together, bug off, bull in a china shop, busy as a beaver, busy as a bee, buy a pig in a poke, chickens come home to roost, clam up, clean as a hound's tooth, cold turkey, crocodile tears, cry wolf, dark horse candidate, dead as a dodo, Dead duck, dog, days of summer, dog eat dog world. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. <coughs> excuse me. That's not an idiom. The coffin, excuse me, was just totally improv. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Early bird catches the worm. Eat crow, fat cat, fish out of water. Fly in the ointment for the birds. Get your goat, go to the dogs. High horse, hold your horses. Horse of a different color. In a pretty kettle of fish, kill the goose that lays the golden egg, kill two birds with one stone, knee high to a grasshopper, let sleeping dogs lie, let the cat out of the bag, lock the barn door after the horse is out, mad as a wet hen, make silk purse out of a sow's ear, monkey business. So, those are all animal idioms, maybe you've heard people say them, hopefully not all in a long string like that, but here's a few. Lower the boom. A boom is a long pole used on ships that stretches upward to lift cargo high in the air. Booms are also used backstage in theaters to move scenery. If someone actually lowered a boom on your head, you might be knocked out. The meaning of lower the boom means to scold or punish strictly to make someone follow the rules. You lower the boom on them. Mad as a Hatter. Lewis Carroll created the character of the Mad Hatter in his comic book, Alice in Wonderland. The expression Mad as a Hatter comes from the early 1800s. One possible origin is a snake called an adder. People in England thought that they were bitten by an adder, the poison would make them insane. Some people pronounce adder as adder and acted crazy, and that made them mad as an adder. Okay, so the other explanation is the one I've heard, is that the felt hat factories in the 1800s had fumes from mercuric nitrate, and as a result developed twitches, jumbled their speech, and grew confused. The condition was sometimes mistaken for madness and may may have given birth to the saying mad as a hatter means to be completely crazy if someone's mad as a hatter. And finally, this one was in our list of animal idioms. Mad as a wet hen. Doesn't really bother hens much when they get wet. This early 19th century expression probably resulted from a mistake of someone's imagination. It's not a barnyard reality. So not only is it a weird thing to say, but it does not correspond to any reality. Very upset, extremely angry ready to fight. But hens don't mind getting wet. Have you ever been on Guam on a rainy day? The hens, they don't, I mean, they might try and get out of the rain, but they're not like going crazy just because they're getting wet. So it's not like a cat that hates getting wet. So anyway, those are some idioms. And uh, you know what? It's probably a good time now 
to hear something interesting from Sebastian with less than 40 minutes to prepare. This is a new segment of the show. Um, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a short break and give him an extra 30 seconds. When we come back, when we come back, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good because Sebastian will have something interesting to share. Something very interesting to share. I can't wait. It might be the highlight of the whole show. So stick around. This is Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. We'll be right back after this. with a little more Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. 3.44 p.m. on this beautiful Friday afternoon. The clouds are rolling in. The sky is a dark steel blue out towards the Philippine Sea side of the island. Looking at the um, girls' soccer team warming up out on the field in their new uniforms. Looks good. Got I see Josh Haddock dribbling a ball there around some cones. I don't think he's on the girls' soccer team, but he's out there. He's, he's very recognizable with his hat, all akimbo. It's you don't great. know how many times I've been uh, misjudged as Mr. Haddock. Really? Almost right? every day. People get me mixed up with Ken Keith. <laughs> and today we're dressed exactly alike, which probably doesn't help the matter at all. But uh, it's okay. If you have to be mixed up with someone, as long as it's some handsome dude, you know. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, often mixed up for Ken Keith or Denzel Washington. Those are the two that people usually get me mixed up with. Hey, if you're just tuning in, this is Live Till 5. It's our live local talk and variety program here on KHMG. Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. And we're broadcasting from the top of Harvest Ministries campus. And when I say the top, I really mean the top. Like I'm looking out the window across at the FLC and across at the soccer field in the Carline area. We're two stories straight above the coffee shop. As I open the window beside me. I'm looking out at the church building and the parking lot uh, between the school building and the church building. So it's kind of a neat location here. It is 82 degrees, 55% humidity, barometric pressure reading 29.71. It's uh, holding steady there. And uh, it's a great day. Winds have died down about five miles an hour, looks like, uh, coming out of the north, northeast. And uh, you can listen to this show online. Go to khmg.org. And you can also, uh, there, you can download an app to your smartphone or your tablet. And you can listen at your leisure anytime you have internet access. You can also download the podcast and listen at your leisure. If you don't have internet access, and carry it around with you and just listen to us all the time. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety, noon to 2 Saturdays, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. So catch us on the rebound. And now it is time for something interesting from Sebastian with less than 40 minutes to prepare. <laughs> So, Sebastian, we, we, today I just walked in, and right before the show I said, hey, you need to have something interesting, just a short something interesting. It can't just be something boring. It's going to be something interesting, and I'm going to bring you on the air about 40 minutes into the show. And so I'm a man of my word. So there you go. Sebastian, give us something interesting. Our listeners 
are sitting with rapt attention on the edge of their seats, ears pressed against the speaker, which probably isn't healthy, waiting to hear what you're going to talk about. All right. Well, I was able to come up with a title for this something interesting. Ooh, do tell. It's called Speaking Of. Speaking Of. Okay. Great, great. So as I searched rapidly through my my memories for something interesting to talk about, I found myself at the Sturgill Pretzel Factory in Pennsylvania. The Sturgill Pretzel Factory. Yes, and I am actually a certified pretzel folder. Wow. Certified. I think, it didn't, Chris, uh, weren't you, weren't there certified pretzel folders in the Music Man? What was that? A, a certified pretzel folder, uh, yellow-bellied sapsucker? What, what did they, what, what did he call the guy the, uh, it wasn't pretzel folder, it was a. Uh, oh, man. You You're are putting a, me really a, on the a spot two bit, a two a two bit thimble rigger of some two sort? bit thimble rigger. I don't, I don't okay, know. Okay, that's, the... that's different than a that's different than a but a, 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 a pretzel folder. Pretzel folder. Although you can insult somebody with that one too. Yeah, two bit pretzel, pretzel folder. folder. Yeah. yeah. All right. So well, yeah. tell us, tell us about. I mean, this. if you think about the symbol of a pretzel, do you ever wonder where we get the the symbol for? No, I, I, well, I never have until right this moment. Yes. Well, let me tell you. Now right. I'm really interested. Let me tell you. I learned this while I was there. It comes from Italian monks from 610 AD when, they're young, when they would treat their young students with baked dough twisted in the shape of crossed arms. Oh, okay. and that was And that was the traditional posture for prayer. Uh, in the okay, day. yes. And that is why... That the pretzel looks the way it does is because it, it's it's symbolizing the the prayer posture from that time. Wow. Yes. And so, speaking of baked dough, this brings me to uh, uh, baked bread. Okay. Okay. And you know what? I just had Subway for lunch. Yes. And that reminds me, Subway bakes their bread fresh in the morning, and it smells absolutely pleasant. Yes. And I know this. Um, even more so because I used to work at Subway. Me too. Yeah. That was my uh, last You're a job sandwich artist too? Yes, you're Woo! a sandwich artist. And, and a pretzel folder. Pretzel folder. He's a two-bit sandwich arter, artist pretzel <laughs> folder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that that brought me to a memory of uh, the one time I was prepping onions in the back. And when you cut onions, yes, you know that you uh, get teary-eyed. Yes. So I was prepping onions in the back. Um, and the, the bell rang, and I had to go out front to, pre- to, to prepare a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And so there I was with teary eyes, and the customer was there. I was like, how can I help you? With tears coming out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, don't worry. It's just from the onions. I'm not going through anything right now. <laughs> but <laughs> That's even worse. That oh, just makes, yeah. it, that makes like, it worse when sure you say, is. don't <laughs> worry. It's just onions. If I had a nickel for every uh, yeah. time I said that. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, and... <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, extra mayo, hold the tears. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. That was really good up until that point. Now it's <laughs> kind of tapered off fast. It, but so you went in, in such a short period of time, you found, you did a great job. You found an, in, you said you found something interesting to talk about, had some historical significance, pretzel folding, baked bread. That's great. And I actually have one other thing. Okay. Speaking well, of. Well, I said extra mayo hold the tears. There's a purpose. Yes. Okay. Speaking of mayo. Okay. <laughs> did you know that mayonnaise was first invented 
by a French chef in 1756 when he was preparing a victory feast for a duke, which included sauce made of cream and eggs. And that's your section of speaking of. Wow. Hey, good job. Boy, you're you're good at this stuff. Uh, good with the I'm not going to give you any warning from now on about anything. I just want you to be able to uh just have the creative uh power to be able to just make a decision at the last possible minute from okay. now on. So I got it. That's that's a good job. Well, thank you very much, Sebastian. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this hour and then we'll go into the second hour uh playing What's in My Coffee is uh one of the things that we get to do every single week. It's a fun part of the show because uh, the hub provides us free drinks and we get to tell the listeners what we think is in the drink and then we reveal what the drinks actually are so stick around a little more live till five after this short break And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5 and uh, enjoying a great show today, 3.55 p.m. on Friday, February 3rd, here at the KHMG Studios. Had a great little segment there, impromptu segment, something interesting from Sebastian with less than 40 minutes to prepare. That might become a regular segment. And uh, we, we have a friend that just brought something into the studio, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to unwrap it yet, but... Uh, um, Chris is looking at it. I saw Chris's face before I saw what uh, my friend Larry here pulled out of the bag. Chris, what does it look like to you? It's a brown bag with a bottle in it. (laughs) (laughs) When I turned around, I saw exactly that. Yes, sir. But it's not what it seems. No. Oh, it's sparkling cider. Wow. Martinelli's gold medal. Sparkling cider. 100% juice from U.S. grown fresh apples. They're U.S. grown. uh, Great. Since 1868. You know what these would not be good with? Sturgill pretzels. Oh. Because I was just telling Sebastian off the air that the one thing that I don't like very much are pretzels. But I do like sparkling <laughs> apple cider. And my good friend Larry here brought us brought us some wonderful... And some Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's not even ground yet, so I can grind it up myself. I love... Oh, boy. I love Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Dunkin' Donuts coffee is awesome. I'll, I'll have to share this with people that are nice to me. So I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, won't be us then. <laughs> this is great. No, thank you very much. Larry, step up to that microphone there. I just want, we have about three minutes left in this hour. I just want to just introduce our listeners because you, you're no stranger to the show. Uh, we've had you on the air before. I think you were up here a couple Christmases ago, but now you, your wife, Barb, has been on the air with us a couple times. And uh, Barb has, she works down at Faith Bookstore. And so Barb Moyer, as uh, some of our listeners would know, is uh, one of the, the kind ladies that comes up here and tells us when we have something special happening at Faith Bookstore. This is her husband, Larry, who last time Barb was here, 
you were down in the coffee shop and we were talking about you. We said that he's probably down there uh, making friends. That's that's pretty common, right? I mean, Amen. you're a friendly guy. So, hey, thank you for bringing this stuff. I really appreciate it. I think this was a, uh, a, a friendly, kind gesture because I just uh, found a CD that Larry and I were talking about uh, from Roy Rogers and the Sons of the Pioneers. That's right. Yes, sir. And uh, Larry told me about this song called Cool Water. I'd never heard it before. And when I, I had to, usually I don't open someone else's gift, but I had to listen to the song. I listened to it five times in a row. It's the most beautiful song on both CDs in there. That's the most beautiful song. Yeah, when I got the music, I, the, the water was warm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been wading around in the cool water. Yes, it wasn't cool anymore. That's great. Well, Larry, uh, we have about one minute till the top of the hour. Tell me, you guys just relocated from the states here to Guam. You're living here basically full time now. Yes, you sir. used to kind of live half half here, half there. What brought you to Guam originally back in the day? An, uh, an airplane. Okay, <laughs> I figured that was the case. But you guys worked with the Christian Servicemen Center back in the day, right? We did. We did. Yeah, and uh, now your wife works on faith, and uh, you bring people gifts. So thank you very much. We're going to crack this thing open during the second hour. We're going to have some uh, sparkling apple cider with, with our— Not me. No. It's, it's got to be cold. Okay, we're going to put it—maybe we'll put over some ice, and so that'll be, that'll be good. So thank you very much, sir. Really appreciate well, it. Thank you for the, the CD. Yes, sir. I, I think I'm going to take a few of the instrumentals from that. I'm going to download just the individual songs, purchase them, and use them as bumper music on my show. Sons of the Pioneers. If anyone uh, listening has never listened to Sons of the Pioneers, excellent, excellent music. I walked down the same aisle in California that Roy Rogers did after he accepted Christ as his Savior. Wow. Wow. So you got saved the same, in the same place? No. I got, no. I got saved in... Uh, Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, okay. So, but you have been to the place where Roy Rogers became a Christian as well. Right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and Roy Rogers is one of the group in the Sons of the Pioneers. Kind of cowboy music, really good stuff. Let's see. Do I have anything that sounds like cowboy music? Well, I have one that sounds a little bit like cowboy music as we go out of this hour. Larry, thanks for bringing by the gifts. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. God bless you this weekend, Sebastian. Chris, hang around, listeners. Stick around. That's the end of our first hour of Live Till Five. And we're going to be coming back for a whole second hour. Lawrence will be here with This Day in History and uh, What's in My Coffee as well. So stick around. You're listening to Live Till 5 on Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM, Barragata, Guam. Stay tuned for SRN News. And we're back with the second hour of Live Till 5, 4.04 p.m. on this Friday, February 3rd. I love it when people come by and visit us. You know, you can always come up to the radio station, poke your head in, say hello. If you ever come by while we're broadcasting our show live from 3 to 5 every Friday, you can always come by and say hi to us. And if you're not bashful, we'll put you on the air with us. You know, schedule permitting, of course. That's how Lawrence ended up on the air. He happened to be walking by, got lost. He was yeah. on his way to the library, took a <laughs> took a wrong turn at the flight of stairs, and That's exactly ended up. Happened. He thought he was coming into the elevator, but then he walked into the radio station and 
hasn't actually found his way out since. That's how we got him on the show. So, oh boy. But no, we were visited by our good friend uh, Larry Moyer, Barb Moyer's husband, and he brought us by some sparkling apple cider and some whole bean Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Thank you very much, Larry. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Have a great day. Listeners, this is our live local talking variety show here called Live Till Five. Been doing this for 202 episodes. And that is hard to believe when I say it. Every time I say it, it just seems like a. It just goes by so quick. And just like every week's episodes, two hours just flies by. And uh, it is Friday, February 3rd. You're listening to the live broadcast at 4.06 p.m. But you might be so inclined to tune in on Saturdays from noon to 2 or Sunday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. When we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, you can also download the podcast through our website, khmg.org. number of different ways to listen there. And not just to this show, but all the really good shows that we produce here at KHMG Harvest Family Radio, including but not limited to Building Great Leaders with Dr. Les Olala, Harvest Time, Harvest Echoes, Harvest... Heart of Harvest. Heart of Harvest. Yeah. And uh, Harvesty Harvest Harvest, (laughs) which is our newest show (laughs) where we try to utilize the word harvest at least 10 times in every paragraph. So, no, it's it's fun. We try and have some fun here, but we also do have a purpose. We've been on the air over 20 years, almost 21 years next month. will be 21-year anniversary broadcasting beautiful Christian music and Christmas music, uh, (laughs) Bible-based programming. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're kind of picky about what we put on the air here. Not that there aren't other good programs out there. You might know of things that you listen to podcasts or catch things on other radio stations that are really good. We have a really specific, unique purpose. Because we're a ministry of Harvest Baptist Church, we want to always put things out there edifying and consistent with what you would glean from Harvest Baptist Church if you were at one of our church services. So we want to be... uh, always supporting the mission and the ministry of Harvest Baptist Church, which is helping people develop a heart for God. So this show is kind of our fun, lightweight Friday afternoon alternative. As you're driving around, you can tune in, and uh, hopefully you'll smile a little bit and enjoy the show. And now that, you know, hail, hail, the gang is all here. We have uh, Lawrence Nagengast, we have Sebastian Basildua, and we have uh, Balto. No, and we have Chris <laughs> Harper. That's a great story. We we yeah. I, so how do you say the dog's name there, Lawrence? Balto. There we go. Oh boy. Okay, I'm out number three to one. Balto. It is. <laughs> oh, man. I grew up watching that cartoon exactly. Disney really? cartoon. So yeah. See, it's not even a Disney. By, yeah, it's not even a Disney quite show. Quite a bit younger than me. What? So that's why. what. It's not a Disney movie. Was it DreamWorks? Oh, it was a no, Dream- it was like it, yeah. I think it was DreamWorks. I think it was the early days of been. DreamWorks or something. It's like definitely that. not Disney though, because I've seen the packaging and it's yeah. It's, it's more. Yeah, it's different. We owned it though. Did you ever see like? Balto the sequel? Balto, Balto, Balto the sequel? Two. Yeah. I it's did. Like, I, it's like I, a little... Too. Two little puppies. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. They brought, they brought out a lot of that, like Brother Bear, mm-hmm. like all those animal, uh, you know, whether it be in Alaska or Canada, they brought like three or four of those kind of movies out within like two, three years. Yeah. Um, so, just kind of comes in waves, yep. I guess, like that. Speaking of waves, we have a wave of deliciousness here in... The studio brought to us by Hebrews Worldwide Coffee Shop and Bookstore, the best little coffee shop on Guam. Offering, did you notice that segue was so smooth? No one even noticed that we're in a new. Anyway, uh, the music. Now that I, I, I ruined it because I said that, but offering an endless <laughs> variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Christian music, books, gifts, 
including the largest selection of Yankee candles in Nome. Wait for it. No. Canina or wherever Chris is from, Alaska. I ne- like it. Ninana. Ninana. Think of not from. Nome. Manana. Not not Anchorage, but Ninana. Just think of banana. Alaska. Right. I go there every day. Not Ninana or Nome or Anchorage, but the hub. Banana. And they're doing a little cool improvements down there. Might be they are. ready even by Sunday night. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. But they brought us some delectable drinks, and uh, I know they put my initial on it now because they know I like the sugar free. So they've been making sugar-free alternatives for all you people with diabetes. Uh, you can get a drink that has no sugar. It's really... Or if you don't have diabetes, you can get diabetes by drinking the other <laughs> drinks that we offer. So, Sebastian, Great. yours is the closest to being totally gone. What does yours taste like? It's an ice drink. Um, well, it's. I think it's it's a creamy, creamy vanilla-y um, beanie, beanie thing. Creamy vanilla oh, yeah. Beanie. Vanelli. <laughs> a Millie Vanelli Vanelli beanie. Uh, yes, a creamy vanilla bean? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Iced. 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 Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. Mine, I also have an ice drink. Mine was a little lighter colored than uh, his, but I know it's probably sugar-free because it has my initials on it. It is also creamy iced with espresso. I'm thinking it could be a, could be a, a Kona... Could be a Kona Mocha, or it could be some type of variation of a vanilla latte, sugar-free vanilla latte. So we'll find out here in a moment. Who has number three, Chris? I I would have also thought this was a vanilla latte. I believe it is a latte. It's not a terribly sweet drink, so I think. Um, well, I don't know what I think. Not based overpowering, on that, but it's definitely not an overly sweet drink, and it's got a um, uh, the the. Flavoring is not overwhelming either. It's very tame drink, but if you like a, a coffee drink with the milk in it, then um, this would be a good one for you. And I, I obviously liked it. I mean, I drank it right down. Mine's yeah. gone. Yeah, I mean, they boom. delivered them promptly, and then today Lawrence happened to be tied up with some other job he has delivering pizzas or something. Yeah, and was late, but uh, <laughs> so most of our drinks are gone. But Lawrence, what does yours taste like? Um, mine's a vanilla chai. Um, You're so confident about this. <laughs> he just says there, what there it is. Two, right it away. is. Two, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I'm not. I was pretty thirsty, so I actually went and got water from the fridge mm-hmm. um, because this wouldn't be necessarily a thirst quencher in the fall. You'd want to, you know, kind of curl up with this in a book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But today, I was I was running all over the place, so I was just looking for some cold water. Sure, so sure. it's really good. I mean, it's it's tasty. If you like, I like chai. vanilla chai. Yeah, I like vanilla chai. chai. So, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's go for the big reveal here. Number one is called Jeremy's drink. What? It's called the Jeremy's drink. Come on. So it's tasty. How am I supposed to know? Coffee, creamy. I don't know what's in it. They didn't didn't uh, say. But it's just called just Jeremy's, Jeremy's drink. drink? Yeah. Well, so he's downstairs. Maybe they accidentally gave you his. Like it just it was an accident. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then wrote it on was the paper. The straw <laughs> no already back. wet and have teeth marks on now it. Now that you it say it, yeah, this is Jeremy's drink. <laughs> Don't drink that. That's Jeremy's drink. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if you like Sebastian's description of it, then go in and ask for Sebastian. Jeremy's drink. Nay, verily, Jeremy's drink. Vanilla. I have a sugar-free caramel latte iced. Uh, number three, Chris has a caramel macchiato. I couldn't have told you that. Ma- I don't even know macchiato. what a macchiato. What's a macchiato? It's, it's a, a uh, it's a type of drink. Usually they put caramel in it, but it's yeah. It's Thank you. Like um, 
it's a it's in between I think a latte and a cappuccino where it's got okay. kind of half milk half foam. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not quite as yes sweet. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. Correct. Gotcha. And uh, then you have a vanilla chai. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Surprise! <laughs> Yeah. No way to string the audience along. If you do that when you host the show, your show's going to end at least ten minutes early. <laughs> Mine normally does. Actually. Stretch it out. Stretch <laughs> yeah. it out. All right. Superlatives. Well, it is four fourteen in the afternoon on this Friday, February third, and February third. I assume a lot has happened in history in previous February thirds. There have been at least six or seven thousand of them. Yeah. At least. I mean, they there weren't all been. called Februarys at that time. No, they weren't. We but. learned that we uh, in the first hour we talked about the Gregorian calendar. Yeah. And there was no February until they uh, added those two months. Yeah, because it was ten month calendar, which is mm-hmm. why Dees and Nove and Oct mm-hmm. are all eight, nine, ten. Yep, and yep. Added, and then so. they added February, and then they added January. Correct. Was the last one added? Twelve month calendar. Nailed it. All right. So tell us about February third. Uh, sure. I will start with. Um, I don't know why, but this mic as opposed to that mic sounds different with my voice. But I'm good. It just different. So. Anyways, maybe sound, I'm just used you to sound that. just as great. It sounds the same. Yeah, you sound, sounds you the sound same. Awesome. Huh. Maybe your ears are the off. golden yeah, pipes. That's probably true. <laughs> uh, 1488. Bartholomew Diaz discovers Mosambai or Mosilbai, uh, Angra dos Vacros. So he's speak a, English. Speak yeah, English. you know, you know, just given the um, the full tour who, here. Who was it? Bartholomew Diaz, so a famous explorer, okay. uh, is out discovering on this day. Then we move down to 1863. Samuel Clemens. First uses the pen name Mark Twain. Mark Twain. I'm from Missouri. He's in a Virginia one of our City newspaper. Ten famous people. Did you know it was first used in a Virginia City newspaper, the Territorial Enterprise? No, I did not know 1863. that. 1863. Yeah, you'd think it would have been on one of his books, but mm-hmm. he actually wrote a, a newspaper article using it first. Hmm. Uh, 1928, paleoanthropologist, paleoanthropologist. Davidson Black reports his findings on the ancient human fossils found in Zucudian, China, in the journal Nature and declares them to be the new species he names Xenanthropus penkinesis. Don't lie to me. That's what he called it. That's what he called it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I amuse myself. I know sometimes. Uh, 1933, German minister. You got like all the hard Irving words in your, in your history today. You, I know. I've used I feel them all. bad for you. You're not even speaking English yet. Yeah, I haven't. This first one, but even this one. This day in Latin history. 1933, German, German minister Hermann Goring banned social democratic newspaper Vorwarts. <laughs> I'm going to go read the Vorwarts uh, a newspaper he didn't like, but I, I find it an interesting name there with uh, a German newspaper. So moving on. Um, we have 1960 British Prime Minister Harold Macmillan makes his famous Wind of Change speech in Africa against the apartheid regime. Apartheid? apartheid? Oh, yeah. You know, I knew it was pronounced like that. There you and go. I just read it. It's Friday afternoon. Okay. Apartheid regime <laughs> angering South American politicians, uh, to be sure. A lot of unrest at that time. Um, and, um, you know, kind of in their history, they've had a decent amount of unrest down there. For a while. 1962, U.S. Uh, President John F. Kennedy bans all trade with Cuba except for food and drugs. Uh-huh. Interesting. Those two things are left uh, left to be traded. Everything else is shut down. That's in the middle of the Cold War. I mean, when everything else, when the subs were, were being circled by the boats. And There's all. a humanitarian reason for that, Sebastian. Yeah. That's, why you're, that's why you're looking for Because if they, because that, when you're an island and you could you potentially be cut off, right. they don't want to. Hurt they don't the want to hurt population. The civilians, yeah. 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 
but oh. they don't. Well, you just ship. had a funny look on your face when you. When <clears> they stopped shipping cars, Sorry, for example. I, for so some the, reason, when I when I heard drugs, I'm like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Like, no. Wrong kind okay. of drugs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I got, yeah. I got you. I Medicine. It out. Medicine. <laughs> 1986. U.S. President Ronald Reagan announces formation of Commission of Enquiry on Challenger accident. Uh, that was a very um, stunning, kind of shocking. Yeah. I was watching uh, that situation. live. Were you? Uh, yes. Yeah, they they wheeled the telev- the color television set, they call them a TV yep. set, yep. on a huge cart into the room, plug it in, antenna up, yep. and then um, the bunny ears, whatever, and yep. uh, the teacher had to bunny tune ears in. With, with tinfoil on it? Uh, in that one, I don't think we had to have a tinfoil, but they did have where the two little wires screw onto the back, and then they have a, a little antenna thing on top because it's inside the school building. And then they tune in to the channel, and they kind of get it just perfect. And then they turn the volume up really loud, and you watch on this little color set, uh, Magnavox or uh, Zenith. And the reason they had it on is because Zenith. the teacher, the teacher was going up, and and school. This was right. very important for yes. schools. That's right. why they played it in schools. Right. And that's when the explosion happened. Yeah. That's back yep. when the day yeah. when they used to have to call it a colored television, as opposed uh, to the you, you guys are probably never, what year yeah. was this again. 1986. Yeah. They were around uh, when I was a kid. I sophomore mean, that, year, that sort of or thing. freshman year in high school for me. I yeah. wasn't alive yet. That was yeah. the year. I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> so we know nine eleven. That's me. why yeah. I didn't ask yeah. you. Only whether. five years I later, a, though. I was Super a freshman. Sad. I was a freshman <laughs> um, yeah. in high school when nine eleven happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1993 federal trial for four police officers charged with civil rights violations and videotaped beating of Rodney King yep. begins in L.A., oh. California. That situation. Um, had a lot of ties to the uh, O.J. Simpson. Yes. In fact, the entire argument by the defense was surrounding that scenario. And I remember seeing that live, too, and yep. Reginald Denny. And Reginald Denny. Thing being, Can't we all just get along? That's well, what that uh, was Rodney, Rodney King, King said. said. And then Reginald Denny during the L.A. riots. Yep. And, yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Was it was a, a real time. mess. It, it was. was a mess. Um, a mess. You watch, they put out this summer, the five five video segment on the O.J. Simpson trial. I mean, as much Made detail. in America, right? Is O.J. Simpson I, made in America? Was it the ESPN? Yeah, um, it was the ESPN yeah, one. Yes. And then I think Fox also put one out around the same month, actually. But um, They made they actually made a, a movie is coming out about O.J. Simpson as well. Hmm. But the the five-part series yeah. I think ESPN produced was called Made in America. Yeah, you I just see things yet. that happen today, and, and it's, again, like Solomon said, nothing new under the sun. It, it, yeah. There's been worse times, better times. And that was one of those times where you're like, gracious, I feel mm-hmm. bad for you know people in L.A. at the time. 1998, stamps commemorating Diana, Prince of Wales, go on sale in Britain. I got my set. Uh, so that's good. Uh, um, <laughs> 2016, Rand Paul drops out of the Republican presidential nomination race a year ago. And then also on this day last year, U.S. President Barack Obama visits his first U.S. mosque, the Islamic Society of Baltimore Mosque in Maryland. Interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting. So that's this day in history. I do have a, a special segment I'm going to be bringing from now on, starting next week. I didn't have the time to do Great. it today, so I didn't bring it. But um, a, a listener, I don't know how frequent, but gave me a book on uh, the the largest, the worst and best decisions made in history. Wow. Um, so wow. actually, I think it's the worst decisions made in history. So I'll bring some of those. I wonder where the start of this show uh, ranks in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think it was in print before the show started. Otherwise, it could have been. Uh, so, anyways, we'll, I'll, I'll uh, be adding that into some of the This Day in History awesome. section. Well, and for so our listeners, week. programming note, these three fine gentlemen 
um, and I don't use the term loosely, they will be hosting this show over the next three weeks while I'm in the States recruiting for Harvest Ministry. So, Lawrence, you have to run to basketball, right? I do. We're headed over okay. to JFK tonight. Uh, JV and Varsity are both playing over there. So awesome. that's where I'm okay. headed now. Safe travels. See you later. Lawrence, thank you very much. And like I said, Lawrence will be one of the three hosts of the show in my absence. And looking forward to that new segment. By the way, Sebastian, before we go to a break here, your drink, also known as Jeremy's drink, is called is vanilla bean. So you were right on that. Okay. That plus chocolate. So it's kind of Jeremy's version of a black and white. So if you've ever had a black and white. I think it's it's like that. So it's a vanilla bean. I was vanilla bean pretty much chocolate. right. Somebody yeah. down there is listening. Then Some, well, somebody, oh, okay. somebody is listening. You know, it it wouldn't That's surprise good. me. We do have listeners almost in almost every corner of the campus. I was yeah, going to say of the, the world. earth, but I don't want to oversell these it. These are the things that I make note of. Like yeah. somebody's listening from there, and then I can find That's out. That's right. Where hey, put a pin on the map. I do. Yeah. So we got to get a bigger map of the campus. Giant world map. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a short break. Guys, uh, don't go anywhere. Listeners, don't go anywhere. This is Live Till 5 on KHMG, Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM, 422 p.m., Friday afternoon, February 3rd. Stick around for more Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till 5, 426 p.m. on Friday afternoon, February 3rd. If you're listening live, you can always catch us on The Rebound noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night on KHMG Harvest Family Radio. You can also listen to the podcast. Go to khmg.org. There's about half a dozen different ways you can listen through our website, khmg.org. Sebastian, he is off and out of here. I'm looking out the window. The flags are blowing in the breeze. About a very... Small breeze, six miles per hour, just enough to keep the flags blowing around a little bit. Only 81 degrees outside and 52% humidity, but it looks like the rain is coming. It's starting to sprinkle a little bit as the girls' soccer team is lining up to kick off on this Friday afternoon. By the time you listen on Saturday or Sunday, of course, you'll know the score of that game. Chris Harper is still here, all-around good guy and station manager, and also our news anchor for KHMG News. Wow. Well... This is coming to you from the news desk of... There you go. Know, there's no ticker sound yeah, or anything. Yeah, but this generation wouldn't understand that anyway. Okay. Well, uh, I want to start with uh, some religious freedom news. Declaring that religious freedom is under threat, President Donald Trump vowed Thursday to repeal a rarely enforced IRS rule that says pastors who endorse candidates from the pulpit risk losing their tax-exempt status. Now, this is a quote from uh, President Trump. I will get rid of and totally destroy the Johnson Amendment and allow our representatives of faith to speak freely and without fear of retribution. He said this at the National Prayer Breakfast, which is, of course, a high-profile event bringing together faith leaders, politicians, dignitaries of different sorts. Trump's pledge was a nod to his evangelical Christian supporters. He had the, the largest group of evangelical support um, evangelical, uh, I might uh, just add to this, is a 
um, a sort of a grab bag term sure. that they use for anybody who kind of just says, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. So it's a it's a little bit misleading when you hear the word evangelical. But um, so far, he's not detailed his plans for doing away with the rule, which he had previously promised to rescind. Now, it, it remains still a question of wisdom, whether or not a pastor uh, should endorse a political candidate from the pulpit. And uh, there's a lot of debate that could happen on that. But there's a, there are other matters to think of if you're a pastor trying to endorse a candidate from sure. the pulpit, uh, namely the people sitting in the pews and what kind of damage you might do there. Sure. So, of and course, he's going to get that. rid of it and totally destroy it. Yeah, which I thought is interesting. Okay. All right. Well, we know where he stands on that issue. Right. A West Virginia school district is being um, sued over a Bible instruction course named in the lawsuit are Mercer, Mercer County Schools and the superintendent of schools, Deborah Akers. Now, the lawsuit was filed on behalf of an unidentified parent and a child who allege that the Bible in schools classes are unconstitutional. Now, the suit was filed by the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation, as most of the cases uh, of this nature are. The parent, identified as Jane Doe, is an atheist and a member of the group. There's a coincidence for you. Co-president Annie Laurie Gaylor says the lawsuit is challenging what she calls unconstitutional indoctrination. Now, here's the kicker on this. The program is voluntary. And but she says that um, it could lead to ostracism if uh, students don't attend. I'm not sure how that could be the case when only few students attend. But mm. she also says that some of the teaching are fundamentalist and they contradict science. The privately funded classes are held weekly and are 30 minutes long um, in the elementary school and then 45 minutes in middle school. But once again, those are voluntary classes. Right, so right. no child is subjected to that. Uh, okay, uh, a little bit of a business news and something, since I deal with uh, Facebook and things all the time, mm-hmm. and I've been reading a lot on Facebook, Facebook has made some changes. So not only on things that we talk about sometimes here, like this fake news endeavor that they're involved in now to try to eliminate what they call fake news from their news feed, but there's something else happening here too. Among Silicon Valley's top tech employers, Facebook Inc. could be the most vulnerable to Donald Trump's expected crackdown on guest worker visas. According to a Reuters analysis of U.S. Labor Department filings, more than 15% of Facebook's U.S. employees in 2016 used a temporary work visa, giving the social media leader a legal classification as a H-1B dependent company. That is a higher proportion than Alphabet Inc., which is Google, Apple Inc., or Amazon Inc., or even Microsoft. That could cause problems for Facebook if Trump or Congress decide to make that H-1B visa program more restrictive, as the president and some Republican lawmakers have already threatened to do. Both Trump and Attorney General nominee Senator Jeff Sessions have opposed the program in its current form. The Trump administration has not proposed any new rules that would target companies with the H-1B dependent classification, such as Facebook. But the fact that Facebook alone is among the major tech companies and that it falls into that category suggests that it would be exposed 
if there were changes to the H-1B visa policy. Now, this is a story that I picked out for purely personal reasons, but I hope it will be of interest to the listeners. And that is just 36 hours from now, a cacophony of nearly 300 sled dogs will consume Shipyards Park in the Canadian city of Whitehorse, Yukon, for the start of the 2017 Yukon Quest International Sled Dog Race. Their destination, Fairbanks, Alaska, which is about a thousand miles down the trail. This epic winter sports event takes place every February. As National Geographic put it, the quest plays underdog to the more famous Iditarod. Both races cover a thousand miles of frozen northern territory, but the quest is widely accepted to be the more difficult of the two. In fact, most mushers refer to it as, as the world's toughest sled dog race. Conditions can be the coldest and most unpredictable in February. The race starts on schedule regardless of weather conditions, and it can be 50 degrees below zero with 20-mile-an-hour winds. I'm not talking about some, some uh, you know, sissy wind chill thing that they have in the lower 48. <laughs> Mamby-pamby yeah, wind chill. Yeah, I'm talking about... I'm talking about 50 below Fahrenheit. Wow. Uh, anyway, it lasts from... So this is not a spectator sport. This is not a spectator sport, typically. Although the race uh, the, the race either begins in Whitehorse, Yukon, or in Fairbanks. It alternates from year to year. So how do they handle crossing the uh, border? Do they have border patrol there? Because the Yukon is I think they get Canada, it all worked right? out. So, okay. Yeah, they get it all worked out beforehand. Mm-hmm. So if you have nobody... your passport with you, I wonder. It's just... A... Um, probably at a checkpoint, yes. Yeah, yeah. That would be my guess, mm-hmm. is that there's a border checkpoint i don't remember i haven't been on that end of the race okay i've only i for about five six seven years i was at the fairbanks end of the race got it but i haven't been to canada for the part that starts when it starts in whitehorse so uh, anyway i used to photograph the race and do some things cool with it. but uh the yukon quest trail uh follows historic gold rush and mail delivery sled dog routes uh from the turn of the 20th century Again, from National Geographic, I thought this was an interesting description of the race. The teams travel as many as 200 miles between checkpoints. That's what makes it so tough. The Iditarod checkpoints are fairly close together by comparison. But these guys can be out in the middle of the wilderness at 50 below zero in whiteout conditions. No hope of rescue for 200 miles at a time. So that's what makes it more dangerous and treacherous. Um, I mean, that would be dangerous on a snowmobile. Of course. I mean, so with with it's, with a it's team more of dogs. dangerous on a snowmobile. Really, a lot more dangerous because those dogs are going to be able to get through that. Your snowmobile, right. you right. could be toast on a snowmobile. So the dogs are much more reliable hmm. than a snowmobile. Hmm. So I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to give that a shot on a sure, snow machine. Sure. But uh, anyway, uh, I don't know where I left off here. But the one, some of the problems are that rivers and creeks are frozen along the way. And these are not smooth byways. In fact, some of the uh, portions of the race go through jumble ice, um, which is basically, uh, if you've ever seen a river partially broken up and the shards of ice coming up out of the river, it's amazing stuff. Treeless mountain summits that can uh, offer clear views for miles on one day and then vanish into a howling whiteout the next an hour after hour of dense boreal forest, the trees blocking out the moon and the starlight, the musher's vision limited to a tunnel-like scope of his headlamp through 16-hour nights. 
You can follow the race at UConnQuest.com, UConnQuest.com. This is sort of a personal thing, but I always follow the race. I really miss that part of being in Alaska, and there's something that's just amazing about seeing these guys and their dogs yeah, that I, go 1,000 miles. I mean, have there been fatalities? I'm sure they've had lost people along the way, not just um, the dogs, but the Not that I know mushers. of. Um, but there's, they've lost dogs, of course. Yeah. That that happens every few years. They lose a dog or two. Um, but uh, the, um, for those who are thinking that this is a, some difficulty for the dogs and are worried about the dogs, I can tell you from being around sled dogs for many years uh, that the dogs are absolutely made for this and they absolutely love to run. Mm. If you've ever seen a, a dog sled demonstration – You'll see the dogs harnessed in. They're jumping at their harnesses, right. yapping, right. yapping, yapping. And as soon as it, as soon as you uh, hear that uh, that uh, spike being pulled up from the mm-hmm. ground, and they know that they're loose to go, right? It turns to silence just like that, and they just go. They, they just they're. Th- this is what they live to do. Sure, is to run. And, well, and there's uh, a lot more humane treatment. I, I've I've seen a few news reels about it and how they yeah. they'll put little boots even on the dogs if they're in a certain Always. kind of ice and yep. things like that. And they have to they have veterinarians at some of the stops that can check the dogs and um, all the stops. Yeah, they, they don't want the dogs to die. Yep. I mean, these these uh, mushers love their dogs and they want to some take of them care live of them right invest. in the they live right in the kennels with the dogs you know wow. they they sleep in there with them and everything to get prepared for the races sure sure you know not all year round but yeah. to get prepared for the races and stuff so it's it's an amazing it's an amazing event but you can wow. follow along it's yukonquest.com yukonquest.com i always like to promote that one because iditarod gets lots of play and everything yeah, sure. but the yukon quest is the one that the, everyone says who is in the Iditarod, they look at those guys that do the Yukon Quest and they say, well, those guys are serious. Right. You know? right. And there are some, there's some overlap. Right. But the, the great mushers, the tough mushers, the ones who are uh, really serious wind up in the quest. Hmm. So, wow. yeah. Not the ones like those mamby pamby wind chill people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, in Alaska, they make fun of the wind chill idea. You know, yeah, they yeah. get the wind chill. I did have one other thing. Yeah, if go you for don't it. Mind. Yes, please. Uh, I I realize I've I've turned this into a long segment today. It's okay. We needed it. But we have often talked about the danger of posting certain kinds of things on Facebook, and I discovered a um, a uh, an article this week is actually recommended to me by a pastor friend I know on um, from Twitter. Um, that is talking about seven questions you should ask yourself, although it didn't seem like seven. It looks like there's only six here to me, but I think the headline said seven questions you should ask yourself before you post something political on Facebook. And I won't go through all of the the details of each question, but the the words to begin this, um, I think, will set the scene. It says that political discussions have dominated social media for several years now, and only seem to be getting more heated. I think I could attest to that as well. With every executive order issued by the president or a protest aimed at changing a current practice, social media generates a plethora of links and opinions. These opinions often lead to debates in comment sections that often generate more heat than light. 
For the Christian, how we engage in political discussions on social media can be especially tricky. On one hand, our faith touches every arena of life, so politics definitely is important. But on the other hand, we know that every person in the world must stand before Jesus Christ one day. And the ultimate issue will be whether or not we uh, will not be whether or not we had the correct position on national security issues. Right. So when we consider how divisive politics can be and how often we say things in the heat of a moment that can influence the way people view Jesus Christ and the gospel, Christians must spend time in careful thought before they post about politics on social media. And I'm just going to read the questions to you. I think they will make sense when I read them here. The first thing is, do I have the correct facts? And these things sort of lead one to another, because if you don't have the correct facts, some of the things surrounding it, whatever you're saying about this issue, if the facts that you're citing are not facts at all, but are, are, are in fact falsehoods, then it really doesn't matter what your opinion is on it. So do I have the correct facts? Obviously, Proverbs 18.2 is what he cites here, which is reminding us of the importance of hearing and understanding a matter before we speak. And then the, the next question is, does this need to be said? That's always the one that gets me, right? Does that need to be said? Sometimes you think to yourself, well, I think this ought to be said. And then you ask yourself the question, does it need to be said? And then there's a whole different answer that comes out there. So uh, the next question is, am I saying this in a way that represents Christ? I think that's a good question as well, because sometimes you may be right on a matter. Like you may, you may be on the right side of an issue, right? You got it. But have you said it in a way that represents Christ? How could I be misunderstood? Sometimes that's a real issue. Somebody says something, then they explain what they were saying for the entire comment thread afterward because everybody takes it another right. way. Yep. So you're spending all your time explaining, what are my motives for saying this? Do I want to just be proven right? Do I right. want to just There's a lot of passive-aggressive statements out there that's like, well, I'm just saying, you know, when they're trying to prove a point, yes. Sometimes they do hashtag just saying. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. that? I've yes. seen that on Twitter, yes. just saying, yes. which that's almost admitting that it doesn't need to be said, right? right. And then the, the last question is, can I wait until tomorrow to say this? That's an interesting one, too, because maybe you're hot under the collar about this thing today, but if you wait until tomorrow, you may not even say it at all. And you may think, boy, that would have been dumb yeah. if I would have done that. Yeah. So save it in your drafts or whatever. Sage <laughs> and, uh, advice yeah. uh, for so. those that right now, if if your Facebook is like mine, it is full of people's political opinions and hot button issues and accusations and scandals. And, you know, it, and it, it is a broad range of statements and most of the people making the statements that I'm connected to on Facebook hmm. are Christians right. making statements all over the board. And so it, it, it somewhat takes the fun out of just being able to click and see what's happening with someone's kids and who, you know, scored a goal in soccer and things like that. Now it's, you know, you almost are, are there's people almost declaring war, you know, through social media. So and it seems like we've talked about this a number of weeks, especially after we share the news there's always something that's related to a news story that we're reading where there's both sides accusing the other of something. Yep. Who knows what yep. it may be. 
But uh, so I just read that because I thought it was brought some context to things we've talked about That's previously. Great. So That's great. Thank you very much, Chris. Yep. And uh, have a great weekend. I'm going to talk just a little bit about Groundhog Day, and then we're going to take a short break, come back, finish with the topic of the day. Because Groundhog Day was yesterday, February 2nd, Thursday, February 2nd. And so apparently the groundhog saw his shadow, according to weather.com. Puxatawney Phil, that's the name of the groundhog, saw his shadow on Thursday morning, predicting six more weeks of winter during Groundhog Day festivities at Gobbler's Knob, a small hill just outside of Phil's uh, hometown. Members of the Puxatawney Groundhog Club Inner Circle revealed Phil's forecast by poem as its tradition. Mighty cold weather you'll be having. It's more winter, or is it spring that you are craving? Um, you've been up all night and starting to toddle. I, Puxatawney Phil, shall not dwaddle. My grateful followers, I could clearly see a beautiful, perfect shadow of me. Six more weeks of winter it shall be. So that's, uh, Puxatawney Phil's prediction, theoretically. He's the big groundhog. Um, records dating back to 1887 show Phil's predicting more winters, 102 times, while forecasting an early spring only 18 times, including last year. There are no records for the remaining years. Dunkirk Dave also predicted six more weeks of winter after emerging in Dunkirk, New York. Dave actually is a female groundhog whose non-stage name is Sidewinder, um, claimed to be the world's second longest predicting groundhog. So there are a bunch of imposters, apparently. Chattanooga Chuck in Tennessee, early spring. Malvern Mel in New York, early spring. Buckeye Chuck, Ohio, six more weeks of winter. Jimmy the Groundhog in Wisconsin, six more weeks of winter. Uh, Weirton Willie in Ontario, early spring. Snub Caddy Sam in Nova Scotia, early spring. And Fred La Marmotte in Quebec, early spring. So I went to the Groundhog Day website. There's actually a Groundhog Day website. Um, I believe it's like groundhog.org or groundhogday.org. But they have some... Frequently asked questions, okay? So here are some, some answers to frequently asked questions about Groundhog Day. First off, you can tell there's a serious bias towards their own uh, market. Puxatawney Phil is the only true weather forecasting groundhog. The others are just imposters. 100 times he's correct. Now, actually, they say he's only been correct like 18% of the time, but according to their website, 100% of the time he's correct. Um, and they say there's only been one Phil. He's lived 131 years. Interesting. That's not true, but it's interesting. Puxatani Phil gets his longevity from drinking the elixir of life. Okay. This is just now fictional. At first, you want me to believe that there's a meteorological groundhog, and now you want me to believe he's 131 years old, and now you want me to believe he drinks from the elixir of life? February 2nd, Phil comes out of his burrow at Gobbler's Knob in front of thousands of followers from all over the world to predict weather for the rest of winter. According to legend, Puxatawney Phil sees his shadow. There will be six more weeks of winter, which apparently he did yesterday. Uh, If he doesn't see a shadow, there will be an early spring. And they claim that the inner circle does not help him make his forecasts. First Groundhog Day was in the 1800s. First official trek to Gobbler's Nog was on 18, in 1887 on February 2nd. And uh, his name, he was named after King Philip. Prior to being called Phil, he was called Br'er Groundhog. Interesting. One other Stranger Than Fiction story submitted by good uh, faithful listener J.M. J.M. submitted something that I saw on the Babylon Bee. If you do not subscribe to the Babylon Bee, 
and you are a Christian who has social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, internet access, you should subscribe to the Babylon Bee because it is a hilarious, or hilarious, as they say back in Missouri, hilarious uh, satire. And um, this satirical news story, so it's not true. It's all satire. Boldly proclaiming that it is satire. They have a picture of a Visa credit card with Dave Ramsey, the financial teacher, Dave Ramsey, on the front. It says, Visa offers new Dave Ramsey credit card with zero credit limit. (laughs) Basically, it says, popular financial guru Dave Ramsey announced Wednesday that he has teamed up with financial services corporation Visa to offer an exciting new credit card with a credit line of up to zero dollars for everyone. What's great about the official Dave Ramsey card is that it always gets declined, Ramsey said on his radio program. Try to buy a new fishing reel? Declined. Try to book a family vacation that you can't afford? Declined. Replace a shredded tire you failed to budget for? Yup. You guessed it. Declined. According to Ramsey, the new card also offers reward points, giving 0% back on all food and gas purchases, 0% back when used, and declined for purchases at online retailers like Amazon and eBay. Ramsey also noted the new cards will be made of a special cut-resistant plastic in case users overcome them are overcome with the desire to shear it in half with a large pair of scissors. Visa offers the new Dave Ramsey credit card with a credit limit of zero. Pretty funny, actually. Love that. Let's take a short break. When we come back, topic of the day, we're going to talk a little bit about persecution around the world the last few minutes of the show. So stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin. This is Live Till 5 here on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Harvest Family Radio. A little more live till five after this short break. Walk with me, Lord, but walk with me. Walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me. While I'm on this old tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last few minutes of Live Till 5 on this Friday, February 3rd, 4.52 p.m. A couple things in the news. I want to talk about persecution And in a related story to persecution, maybe you heard in the SRN News at the top of the hour, or you will hear after the show's over, how the UNESCO, uh, the UN um, historical site uh, body, has passed a resolution denying all connections between the Jews, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount. Benjamin Netanyahu said, quote, To say that Israel has no connection to the Temple Mount and the Western Wall is like saying China has no connection to the Great Wall. UNESCO, the UN's World Heritage Organization, has adopted controversial resolution, according to The Guardian, that criticizes Israeli actions around the Haram al-Sharif Temple Mount complex in Jerusalem's old city, with Israel claiming it deletes Jewish ties to the holy site. The final final version of the resolution, which has sparked furious claims and counterclaims, passed easily on Wednesday after Israel pressed for a secret vote. Despite containing some softening of language following Israeli protests over previous version, Israel continued to denounce the text. It's interesting. Six, uh, let's see here. The draft resolution was submitted by Algeria, Egypt, Lebanon, Morocco, Oman, Qatar, 
and Sudan. Uh, that is the UNESCO's executive board has, has basically received this from these nations, all Muslim nations, I believe. 24 countries voted in favor, including Bangladesh, Brazil, Chad, China, Dominican Republic, Egypt, Iran, Lebanon, Malaysia, Morocco, Mauritius, Mexico, Mozambique, Nicaragua, Nigeria, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Senegal, South Africa, Sudan, and Vietnam. Many of those Muslim countries. Six countries voted against. Estonia, Germany, Lithuania, the Netherlands, United Kingdom, and the United States. Thankfully, the United States voted against that. 26 countries voted, uh, abstained from the vote, and two were not present. But I fear that this story is being underreported. And it's, it could lead to much bigger things. I want to spend the last three or four minutes. It deserves much more time than this. But Open Doors World Watch List has come out. World Watch List 2017. And in light of the recent discussions about travel bans and visa bans and things like that, and the seven countries that uh, the Trump administration has basically, uh, Trump made an executive order on immigration banning citizens from seven Muslim-majority countries from entering the U.S. for the next 90 days and suspending admission from all refugees for 120, seven countries being Syria, Iraq, Iran. Uh, Let's see here. I'm looking at the list here. Sorry. Also, Yemen, Sudan, Libya, and Somalia. So all of these countries have been banned for the next 90 days from coming into the U.S. Well... I'm not here to give political commentary on whether that was a wise move or not. But what I do want to do, and I would encourage you to go to Open Doors and look up the World Watch List 2017, ranking of the top 50 countries where Christians face the most severe persecution for their faith. Each year, Open Doors publishes a World Watch List to highlight the plight of persecuted Christians around the world. The list represents believers in Jesus Christ who are arrested, harassed, tortured, and even killed for their faith. In-depth research stories, prayer updates, and more, you can go to visit odusa.org, O-D, open doors, USA.org, and then forward slash WWL, World Watch List, if you want to get the graphics. They have a whole little booklet you can print up. Here are the top 10 countries. North Korea, Somalia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Sudan, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Yemen, and then in number 11 is Libya, number 10 is uh, Eritrea. But out of the seven nations that are on that list, they are all in the top 11 countries where the Christians are face the most severe persecution. Now you might say, well, we need to help Christians get out of those countries, and that might be so. Or it might be an indication of, well, those countries have the most um, vicious anti-Christian views, which could lead by association to the most vicious anti-American views could make a point for that. But it's just very sad, you know, when you think about these countries and what Christians have to go through. There's even, if you go to their website, they even talk about how they assess what persecution is. North Korea is the worst place on earth for Christians, and this is a couple years running, I believe. And they have prison camps in North Korea, many, many prison camps. And this is a prayer request with Open Doors USA, Pray for North Korean believers who are languishing in prison camps and for the proclamation of the gospel both in and outside the prison walls. Also pray that Christians in the country would have access to Bibles and fellowship. That's number one. Number two, worst country on the planet 
to be a Christian, Somalia. The Al-Shabaab, an Islamic militant group based in Somalia, has also carried out attacks in Kenya, Ethiopia, Djibouti, and Uganda, often targeting Christians. Number three, Afghanistan. Christians in Afghanistan often lose everything, including their lives for following Christ. Fourth worst country, Pakistan. Fifth, the Sudan. Not South Sudan, but just the Sudan. Sixth, Syria. And, of course, they're in the news almost daily. Iraq, number seven. Number eight, Iran. Number nine, Yemen. Number 10, Eritrea. Number 11, Libya. All these countries facing severe persecution where where Christians, just to be a Christian, to be known as a Christian, is taking your life into your hands. That you cannot just be a Christian in name only in these nations, but you need to be a Christian full-time knowing that you could be killed for your faith. Persecution is real around the world. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's what the Bible says. And we are very blessed to live in, in the good old USA where persecution is minimal. But we are not far from many countries that face persecution on a daily basis. Christians that lose their lives, that convert to Christ and it is a death sentence, and we need to pray for them. That's why we carry the Voice of the Martyrs little minute that we play throughout the day during different hours of our radio broadcasts to remind Christians to pray. And I encourage you, when you hear that broadcast, take a moment and pray for the nation that the broadcast is about. And that's it for Live Till 5 today. Thank you for listening. Two hours. Man, it flies by. February 3rd, Friday. Listen to us on The Rebound Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., Check us out on khmg.org. Download the podcast of not only this show, but a lot of other great shows. And contact us on Facebook, Harvest Family Radio. Have a great week. And this is Jared Baldwin, host of Live Till 5 on KHMG, 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Stick around for SRN News.